What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to episode number 126. Man, didn't realize we can get that far on the show. It is Battle, and today we have a, an amazing show for you. And I've always wanted to say this just because it's so cool, but sorry about your damn luck yep on the show today we have one half of the nwa world tag team champions the cowboy james storm drops by to talk about all things wrestling we dive into his beginnings with the uswa signing with wcw of course being with tna and impact for almost 15 years becoming world champ his brief stint in nxt and of course we talk about the recent rebirth of nwa also um we get him to address some comments that one Eric Bischoff recently made about him. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. So sit back, grab some beer, and enjoy uh, episode 126 with Cowboy James Storm, which, by the way, uh, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Battleground Podcast, and uh, make sure you give us uh, five stars and a nice little review because that helps us out tremendously, and that helps us get more awesome, amazing guests on the show. So uh, take a couple seconds, leave five stars, and leave a nice comment, but... Let's get into this. James Storm on the show now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Battleground Podcast. This is a podcast all about professional wrestling. Join Battle and Eli as they break down what's going on in the world of professional wrestling with special guests, including some of your favorite wrestling superstars. You never know who's going to stop by. Now making their way to the microphone, give it up for the greatest podcast team in the world, Battle and Eli. You know, this is, this is a fun time uh, for wrestling fans. you got a lot of options going on. You've got NWA, which we're big fans of, and a guy that I uh, grew up watching. I don't want to say grow up because that makes me sound like I was a child, but I was a teenager when I first saw this guy debut at the fairgrounds, uh, and I been a fan of his ever since so of course it's pretty awesome we get to have him on the show the cowboy james storm is on the show with us james what's up man uh not much man you know same old same old paying bills drinking beer <laughs> that, that sounds just like us over here man it's i mean like, one uh, of those fun. activities is fun but yeah my uh my mom she always laughs at me she goes you know when you were little all you wanted to do was run around in your underwear she goes now that you're a grown man all you do is run around in your underwear right <laughs> And Full circle it, moment right there. Make it even better. You get paid for that. I know, right? Who? What idiot would pay me just to run underwear? But hey, I convinced them to, so I'll keep doing it. There you go. And, you know, looking at your career, you've had a hell of a career, and it's still going up there. And, um, you know, we kind of want to just go back to the beginning real quick and just do a little softball thing. You know, you're an amateur wrestler in high school. You also play basketball. <laughs> When did you make the decision to move into pro wrestling? Who did you train with? And had you always been a pro wrestling fan? Well, I, uh, you know, I decided to go into pro wrestling when I figured out that there was not too many white people in the NBA that were six foot one. <laughs> not a lot. Mm -mm. <laughs> There's not hardly anyone left that's six foot one in the NBA, you know. Uh, but uh, it was just one of those things, uh, you know, my, my dad, he passed away and, 
I kind of had to stay kind of close to home to help my mom pay bills and stuff. And uh, I remember I, came, I was I was working at Moody's Tire in Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, I came home and I seen a commercial uh, for USWA Wrestling. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And it was like, uh, do you want to be rich and famous? Do you want to travel the world? I was like, they're talking to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh and sure enough, you know, the next uh, two weeks later, I went to uh, the fairgrounds and they were having tryouts and I paid my money and uh, signed up. And uh, and I, I'm actually the only one that made it out of that, that school. There were almost 100 people that signed up that day and I'm the only one that made it out. Really? Jeez. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm from Jackson, so my you know early wrestling was the CWA and then the USWA. So um, so anytime someone's like you know like New Jack, he, he when we talked to him, he wrestled there starting out and Raven, and you know like oh yeah that I, that's I watch that every Saturday morning. You know that's that's what I what I do. You no one knows how many guys that you know have made it big has went through USWA. Oh. You know, I mean, you even have Taker, The Rock, all these guys, you know, they all. Oh. Uh, Randy Savage, um, yeah. Hogan was there in the early 80s. I think that was when he was still in the AWA. I don't think he'd actually gone up to Vince yet, but he went to Memphis and, and Lawler beat him at the Coliseum. I mean, oh, well, most I people don't know that. <laughs> the old Mid-South Coliseum. Yeah, but it was it was really cool because uh, I was supposed to start uh, down in Memphis at the TV studio, and uh, two weeks before I was supposed to debut, I broke my shoulder training. Uh, mm. and so I had to have my shoulder completely reconstructed. Uh, it was a compound fracture. The bone was out of the skin. I mean, it was oh man, I was out for a whole year. And, Were you uh, lifting weights or like what what happened? No, I was going. I was training, uh, you know, wrestling at the fairgrounds. And uh, Wolfie D, who was actually our trainer, uh, he, I was going to do like the the clothesline, you know, flip bump, you know. And instead of just kind of just hitting me and letting me take my bump, he kind of just drove me down a little bit, and I just came right down on my shoulder and it just. Mm-hmm. And I came up and I looked at him. I was like, I don't think this is supposed to be like this. And so he, uh, a guy named Cat Taylor, took me over to the hospital. Uh, he was training to be a manager. He took me over to the hospital, and uh, they did surgery on me. And I was, like I said, I was out for a whole year. So I will, I'll never forget the time I went to a wrestling match, and Wolfie D uh, scared my cousin, and he started crying. <laughs> and then, like Wolfie had to come up after the show and be like, "Hey, look, it's just it's 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 a it's a character. Like I didn't mean to scare you." And like he cried the entire time before the match even started, and I felt so bad for him. But it was a great moment. This to before I had a- guys, uh, like Wolfie is one of those guys who don't get his to dos. I mean, he is so good. Even when he was, you know, with the Nation of Domination up in WWE and stuff. You know, Jamie got a lot of the spotlight just because he was just loud and obnoxious. You know, <laughs> I was like, shut right. up, please. But Whoopi, you know, uh, it, even, you know, t- uh, five, six years ago, like I was wrestling on the independence. And man, it was just, it was just so much fun wrestling him, you know, just because he knew exactly, he knew his role, he knew exactly what he was doing. You didn't have to worry about it. You know, you go to some independent shows and sometimes you're just like, I don't know about, you know, working this guy or, because yeah. you don't know, you don't know what you're getting into so many times. But, you know, with Wolfie, I never had to worry about, you know, him showing up drunk or anything. He'd, he'd go out there and he'd do his job and he'd do it well, you know? Yeah. Right. And he beat the crap out of us in TNA when they, when him and Brian Lee were the new church. I mean, 
He's like, oh, I trained you so I can beat you up. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's a fair game, you know. And he would always – he had this one spot he would always do. He'd beat me down the corner, then he'd get on my chest, and he would just run. And he'd have those damn boots that you get from Walmart or whatever that had, like, metal traction on the bottom or something. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> it was brutal. So he had, he like, real, like, shit kickers on then. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I always say he's kind of he's kind of like Bret Hart. Like uh, he'd beat you up, but he wouldn't hurt you. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you were in the ring with someone. And, and to me, that's how wrestling should be. Is it's not ballet. You know, it's going to be a little rough, and that's how it should be. You know, a lot of people ask me about wrestling these days, and you know, it is what it is, and it's it appeals to all different walks of life. You know, uh, different people can like different things, and and that's what's so good about wrestling is it has so much different stuff in it. But sometimes, man, when matches are so choreographed, I'm just like, oh, like it just I, I get lost. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, there's got to be like it's got to be comforting to to to. I mean, in that example, I mean, he trained you, so that's got to be comforting to be that comfortable with somebody, and you probably could call the match, you know, thirty seconds before you go out. Like, okay, let's just do this, this, that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, and so many times, you know, I grew up, you know, at wrestling at the fairgrounds where we had the separate locker rooms, you know, and you basically called everything in the ring, you know, uh, like they, they would give you the finish, but then you would, it would be up to you to call everything else. And it was just, it was just so. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. So much fun and so relaxed because then you knew how to dictate the crowd. You know, now if you call everything in the back and you go out there and the crowd turns one way, but you have the match set to another, so many guys are just screwed. Like they don't know what to do. You know? Right. Yeah. It's hard to change it. Man. I, I remember the first time I went to WCW and I was wrestling uh, Chavo and a six man and uh, they came up and they was telling me all these spots and I looked at him and I said, man, I got to remember all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at Cassidy Riley that was with me. I was like, man, I, I'm like, I ain't used to like remembering all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, um, that was actually a good segue. So if you, uh, you know, with, I think with, he's got these questions before. I was going to say with, with, with battle being on the radio, we always look for those segues like, well, speaking of, you know, but yeah. So the next question we had was, you know, early on in your career, you did sign with WCW for, you know, about a year, year and a half before they, you know, went to, uh, Vince bought them out. Um, what was that experience like? Just, I mean, that was at the time that was the number two, you know what I mean? I mean, that was the, the big, the big league. What was that experience like? And what was the atmosphere just in general, like towards the end of WCW, like was the writing on the wall kind of a deal or like, you know, you know, I, uh, like I said, I was, I was kind of just, just there as enhancement talent. A lot, a lot of us were, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Harris, this, um, me, AJ Styles. I mean, there was a lot of us there. Uh, and we were really just in hospitality, even though AJ and uh, Air Paris started doing like an air raid tag team gimmick kind of toward the end. But man, it was just, it was, it was fun. Uh, it was, it was one of those times, you, you know, I'm, I'm probably 
you know, a year, year and a half into just wrestling. And now I'm going up to WCW and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, man, this is freaking insane. And I remember the second trip we were in Rockford, Illinois. And we actually, for some reason, Ric Flair didn't show up and we wound up getting his suite. And the, <laughs> and the suite had like this big hot tub in it and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to say that we had a great party and all this, but we did. We were just like, this is so cool. We're Ric Flair's suite. And then we passed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. It was just, I mean, it was just so much fun, you know, and we were making. Uh, more than some of the talent that was under contract wrestling all the time there. And, wow. Yeah. And, but you know, it, it is what it is. I wasn't going to complain about it at, at all. And I remember funny story when Sid Vicious uh, broke his leg. Uh, me, that still haunts me every time uh, I hear about this story. Uh, so me and Cassidy Riley were uh, playing paramedics on the show for some kind of gimmick match that was going on. So we're standing by, like outside the curtain off to the off of camera, you know, to the side and we see it, we're like, Oh, that looks nasty. And they and these referees and stuff come up and start yelling at us, get to the ring, he needs help. We're like, We're not real paramedics. They <laughs> <laughs> start like dog pressing us, like, get the F to the ring. I'm like, We're not real. <laughs> like, wow. That's that's amazing. Hey. I still, I still look back and I see that every now and then somebody will share it on Twitter and it just still makes my stomach hurt every time I see that that image. Yeah, it just hurts. And now I'm, I'm like every time I come off the rope, I'm like, okay, somebody be sure to catch me. Like, yeah, I you, yeah. I yeah, was trying to, to be that out. Next one. What happened with that? Because I know Sid sued them, um, and I, I never, I never found out what. I, I assume they probably settled out of court, but I know he said he sued them. <laughs> It's like I wonder, like, how is he able to sue him? You know, his 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 defense was is they made him do a move that he wasn't trained to do. So when they asked him to jump off the top rope, I mean, he's what what was he six six six? Well, I think they labeled him at like six nine, but he was at least six 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 seven. I mean, he's a big dude, and so he was blaming it on them. Like they told me to do it, and this is what happened. Which I mean, I guess I I get to it a degree, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, one more little side question on that. What was your favorite match in WCW? Did you get like, did you fight Flair or Sting or something? Was there like a standout match? Like, holy crap, I'm about to fight Goldberg or whatever it is. Uh, we were, uh, I, I know we, you know, we, we, I worked chronic. I worked uh, three count. Um, and then uh, we worked. I, I forgot what the the fa faction was with uh, Chavo and Hugh Morris, and was it Major Guns? And then oh man, was it the was it the military uh, one with uh, Booker T, GI yeah. Bro? Yeah, no, I don't think Booker T was in it, was he? Or um, or he was toward it. Maybe he was I, toward it. I remember the Major uh, Guns. Was, yeah, he wasn't part of the group when we worked them, but yeah, we worked those guys. Uh, it was. I think it was more when we got to do the skits with the different guys and stuff. Cause I remember oh, yeah. the first time and it was like the third or fourth time I went up there, like we were doing something with Hogan, you know, and I was oh, wow. like, this is pretty cool, you know? And, but then I, you know, seen him over there partaking and stuff that wasn't vitamins. I was like, Oh God, he just killed it for me. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what they always say. Never meet your heroes. And then it's just kind of like, you see that and you're like, mm. um, so, you know, a lot of people know James, uh, from his time with TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, 16 championships while you're there. Six 
16 championships. How in the hell does that happen? I mean, what's going through your mind when you look back 16 championships in one company? I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it was crazy. It was a fun time. And, uh, you know, especially towards the beginning, because it was just, it was a bunch of guys who, you know, WWE passed on that, you know, we're kind of out to prove to the world, like, hey, we're we're good. You know, you should have signed us. You know, and that's how I think that's the mentality we kind of looked at it. You know, is is like we had something to prove, especially with this startup company. Uh, and you know, but through the years, it kept changing, different management and all this stuff. And but it was this, uh, it was this wild ride because I, you know, every time I get done with one program, they're like, well, we don't know what to do with you. But then I would do something and make up something else that would work, you know? And so they just, they, they just kept using me. <laughs> right. And that was the thing is like, I, I, I grew up, I mean, born and raised right here in Nashville. So I grew up with fairground wrestling and I was there for the very first, I guess, NWA TNA thing. It was at municipal auditorium. And that was when everybody showed up and then it moved to the fairgrounds. And I was there every Wednesday night. Like I would skip church and my mom would get mad because my dad would take me. But I would skip Wednesday night church to go to the fairgrounds for wrestling because every week you'd get those little free tickets to come watch TNA at the fairgrounds. And then uh, when I was watching it, just just amazing. Like you said, I mean, it, it was a nonstop great product. And it was, you know, at the time I was sitting there thinking, this is way better than WWE. I'm not watching this anymore if I've got TNA now. Yeah, so many people, you know, have been, been that for me over the years and stuff that they would have preferred to watch that, you know, over, you know, WWE and stuff. But, man, it was just, like I said, I always tell people, go back and watch the first, you know, four or five years of TNA. Like, that that was the best years. and I mean, it was just guys going out there and having fun, you know. Like, management would give us stuff, and we'd just go out there, you know, and, and they would give us freedom and the leeway to do stuff, and it, it worked. And we made it our own, and, it, you know, we got it over Right. And I think that was kind of when I discovered uh, looking at women because TNA had the cage dancers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they had, it? Uh, it was Lollipop and somebody yeah. else. Uh, uh, Amber, was it? No. Oh, man. I forgot what her name was. She was a Titans cheerleader. Because oh. hmm. I remember that that was the one thing that was kind of like TNA's Nitro Girls, but it was like chicks in a cage. And I was like, ooh, this is cool. Yep. Yeah. It was. Uh, and then uh, we would always go out to uh, Bar Nashville afterwards. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we start there because uh, our buddies ran that, and then we'd go over to Tootsie's and hang out there. So Nice. And, and at several different times throughout the history, Impact has arguably had the best roster in wrestling. You know, I mean, it wasn't uh, – I mean, you could look at – you could pick several different years and just like, holy crap. I, somebody posted on Twitter – um, it might've been the 2008 or the 2009 impact roster. And it was just like, holy crap. And a lot of it, like you forgot they were there, but it was just like, I can't believe you have these 25 freaking, you know, arguably hall of famers and stuff, you know? So it was always really good at getting talent, you know? Yeah. Especially the, you know, their tag team division during that time too, man. I mean, it was, you know, they, they had to put us on main event just because the tag team was this, you know, it was must see. We were blowing everything else out of the water. You know, you had us, machine guns, LEX, Team 3D. Uh, you know, it was just, it had, uh, was it Rock and Rave? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. When we were 
coming up with the questions. Um, and we're kind of we're kind of veering off course a little bit, but um, Impact has really had a really good groups and factions. I mean, like, I mean everything from aces and eights to you know beer money. Obviously, I mean, like they've really done a good job at you know creating factions with you know good mix of the older uh, group with the new guys. And I mean, like I was going through and just looking and just like, Holy crap. Like, I can't believe all these factions that have come through and, you know, they've all, I mean, a lot of them have been like, you know, all timers, you know what I mean? I mean, it's I, it, for, for a lot of the criticism that impacts God and they've, they've done a lot of good stuff, you know, since they launched. So. Uh, it, it's, it's always funny because, you know, so many people, you know, till even today are always like, man, I, won't, I wish beer money would get back together and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I always tell them, you know, never say never. You, ne- you never know in this crazy world. But uh, it was one of the things where uh, Bobby had, you know, split off from Team Canada and I was done with A&W and they didn't know what to do with us. So, and Dutch Mantel came to us and goes, hey, we're going to put you guys in a tag team for just a little bit because <laughs> we have nothing else for you, but we have you on the contract. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so, and uh, he's like, you guys just figure it out and make it work somehow. We're like, all right, well, whatever. And so we're at the, the L house down in Orlando and, and, and we're sitting there, we have a little spot in the back where all the boys are just, you know, sitting there chilling. And it was me and, and Bobby and Eric Young and a couple other guys. And uh, I remember looking at Bobby and I was like, man, it's like, God, I'm all out of beer. He goes, man, you keep drinking that beer. You're going to be all out of money. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what? And uh, I was like, man, I was like, that'd be a good tag team name, Beer Money. And, uh, you know, so so many of the wrestlers' great ideas come when they're drunk, but the problem is they don't remember the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but for some reason, man, just keeps sticking with uh, with me, and then me and Bobby talked like the next day at TV, and he's like, man, he goes, let's see if we can pitch it, you know, because he was supposed to be from Wall Street, and, uh, you know, I was the beer drinker from Tennessee and all this, and, we went and I just and Dutch goes, well, I like it. He goes, I doubt if the, you know the management will like it. You know how they are, blah blah blah. It's like, well, he goes, just pitch it. And so uh, they didn't really like it at the beginning. Like they kept calling us uh, Rude and Storm, you know. And I was just like, man. And so I went to the seamstress lady and I just got I bought some just plain white t-shirts and I had her just iron on this makeshift. It just said beer money. It said put tag team belts here and it had, had an arrow point down. That's all it's and, and we started wearing it out. And like I gave it to Bobby just in a promo. They didn't even know I was doing it. Like I gave it to him in a promo. And uh, he's like, he goes, Man, it looks like you made these yourself. I was like, How can you tell? I was like, Don't worry, I cut your sleeves out so you look big. <laughs> now, do you still have these shirts that you wore that night? Or I actually I think I, I may still have mine somewhere, but I uh, and then I remember after that, because uh, Mike Tanay kept pushing for us and uh, to be beer money, and uh, he said it on the TV that day. And, and then after that, it just we just started being beer money. Like it was just it was just one of those things that happened. And then me and Bobby, you know, we were, we were supposed to be the heels, and we were just like, we got to come up with something so stupid that the people will just boo us. You know, they would just shit all over us as soon as we do it. And that's why we came up with the beer money suplex. They would go, oh, beer, and, and and then at first it worked. They were booing us, but then it got over. And then Dutch goes, well, he goes, you dumbasses did your job so well. Now we got to turn the baby faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We had him on the show, and God, he's a talker. Jeez. Oh, he's the best. Listen to him talk. Just, just the stories that he told was just 
I was just blown away by some yeah. of the stuff. Like we, we, were, uh, we were in Puerto Rico, and he was my manager. And uh, and so we go out, and man, it's we were like this, in this little little arena in Puerto Rico, and it's like it feels like it's 120 degrees in there. Ugh. And so me and the guy, we, we, I mean, we we're already 20 minutes into the match, and I can hear Dutch on the outside going, "Hurry the f up! What are you doing? <laughs> You're gonna get paid by the hour." <laughs> He goes, if you don't hit him with the finisher, I'm going to ring the damn bell myself. And we go back. He goes, he goes, man, he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, if you see me out there, look like I'm about to pass out. Get out of the ring. And he had, it was so weird because he had black shoes on, white socks, and orange shorts. It was. What? <laughs> yeah, it was the most ridiculous outfit I've ever seen in my life. That's funny. Um. Well, let's let me let, let, we'll ask you this. This is kind of a uh, broad but specific question. Um, you know, you may need to take a couple of minutes to think about it. No big deal. Um, during your tenures with TNA slash Impact, what do you think the company did well, and maybe they didn't get enough credit for? You know, we were kind of talking about that here just a couple of minutes ago. And then, what do you think that maybe they did poorly that they did deserve, like the criticism that they got for it? Uh. You know, I, I think they did. I think that they did good with letting the guys kind of give ideas, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, they were always good about that because I always give credit to Vince Russo, who, you know, people can say whatever they want to say about him, but like he, he had enough belief in me to go out and just do pro bowl on my own. Because I remember he had some stuff written for me. I'm just like, man, like I, like you know, you want me to be me and be this redneck, but I, we don't say buckaroo and all this stuff. No, no, no. And, uh, and, and I told him, I said, man, I said, just once, can I go out there and just cut a promo myself? And, you know, hey, if it doesn't work, man, I'll come back here and I'll say it doesn't work and I'll do whatever you need. And he, he goes, okay. And I went out there and just killed it, man. And ever since then, he goes, he goes, from now on, he goes, you just do, I'll just give you bullet points and you do your own promo. So I was like, all right. And, and, and so many guys were able to go to, you know, creative and, and kind of just pitch ideas and, and they would listen to them. And, you know, creative still had the, what they wanted to do, but, you know, they would meet the talent halfway because basically if a talent don't believe in what he's doing, the crowd's not going to believe what the talent's doing either. You know, that's how I always look at it. And uh, I, always, I always just feel like TNA just missed the boat really just on – like uh, just advertising and just getting the word out easy, the easy way, you know, for so long, so many guys like begged them to get a truck, you know, when they were hauling the ring that just had, it, it was wrapped or something, you know, a guy's picture on the, you know, right. it's, it's free advertising, you right. know, and, but they never would, they would just rent a U-Haul truck and they would just say U-Haul on the side and they would have like this, makeshift notebook paper with tape all over it. It said TNA entertainment on the door. I'm just like, man, like, I mean, put, put, you know, put Sting's face on it and say, you know, impact Friday nights on its spike or whatever. I mean, it's just a, it's just a rolling commercial. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm like, that's money invested. Like take, take money and buy a truck and invest it. Like I know it's upkeep and all this, but, it's still good advertising, you know. Yeah. And I, I look at like the first thing, you know, AEW did was they went out, they got semis with, you know, and it's wrapped, you know, uh-huh. everything. And because we would go to arenas and afterwards we'd go out to eat and stuff and people would know who we are, but they had no clue that we were even in town. 
you know, and we're like literally right across the street from where we performed. And it was this, it would just get so like heartening. It's just like, man, like we're busting our ass to do all this stuff, man. And like, if people don't know that we're here, man, you can have everybody on the card here and it's not going to matter, you know? And I remember, I remember in Pikeville, Kentucky, uh, there's a show that we did and man, we, it was like 3000 people that we, we, it was sold out this little arena on this college. And then I think like two or three years later we go back, but they didn't advertise at all. And then there was like 700 people there. You know, it's just one of those things. And even like the over tour season stuff that we did, like when we first started going over it, man, they, they were just, you know, we were selling out quick, you know, but then, you know, fast forward four or five years later, I think that it got comfortable, you know, thinking that, hey, we're big enough now. We don't have to worry about advertising, you know, and it just got to the point where like you just seen the crowd going down and down and man, it just, you know, it takes a toll on the, the workers as well, man. Cause we're like, man, like we're out here busting our ass. Like somebody else needs to, get their ass in gear. Right. And that's, you know, we, we had Jeff on not too long ago. We kind of talked about that and he said that was kind of like, you could kind of see when he left and when new people started coming in, you could see when the product started going down once, you know, everybody else started coming in too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. And it was, I always say like, you know, people can say what they want to say about Jeff, but man, he, he was a businessman. He was, he's a, he's a worker too. You know, he's one of the boys he's been, he's been in the family. I mean, in wrestling forever, you know, his family, his dad, his grandmother, everybody, you know, and he knows how it needs to be done. You know, like you still need to go out and hit all these little, you know, stores and put flyers up and everything else, you know? Uh, so, so, you know, because everybody's not looking at the internet for wrestling all the time, but if you know, the gas station, you see a flyer up, you're like, oh, damn, TNA's coming to town or something, you know. And I would say to send, and, and he he always wanted to send guys like a week before or two weeks before to the town that we were going to just to do radio or something saying, hey, tickets go on sale, get them here. You can also meet so and so here, you know. And it's just one of those things, man, like, you know, I, and I always thought TNA was the best, you know, people say what they want to say, but when Jeff was was running the show, yeah. And, and that was the thing is like when it was, when it was at the fairgrounds every Wednesday night, I remember that what would happen was, is they would have their thing. And then as you were leaving, I guess the promo street team was out there handing out the tickets yeah. for next Wednesday show. Cause I remember I still have like majority of those little bitty, you know, business card looking tickets that had like the roster on. It's like TNA tapings live Wednesday night, blah, 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 blah. And that was what they got you to come back next week. And the promo team was out there every night after the event, handing you those tickets to come back the following Wednesday. Yeah. And, and like I said, and it was one of those things where, you know, like you said, you had to wait too many cooks in the kitchen and, and, you know, when all these other cooks started coming in, man, even the, the guys that were there, they was just, you know, everybody was just going crazy kind of. Uh, Jeff was the kind of person like like if, if something was going on, he was mad enough to come say something to you. He wouldn't just let shit carry carry out and, you know, you just do it and all this other stuff, whatever. Like he, he'd come to you and say, look, no, I need it this way, you know. And, uh, and you know, once he left, that kind of that, that just went with him as well. Right. Do you think th- that it benefited with him, with him being in charge because of his wrestling background? Or yeah, because yeah. like I said, you know, he, he knows the boys. One of the boys. Like, you you got to tell us exactly what you want because mm-hmm. we 
don't tell wrestlers exactly what you want, they're gonna be like, oh, well, I can go do this too, you know. Yeah. And 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 I, I just remember, and I, I remember uh, coming back uh, one time through the curtain. Uh, we were in Nashville doing a pay per view, and we were like. 10, 10, 8, 9, 10 seconds from going dark or whatever. And I can basically hear him in the referee's earpiece, tell him to go the F home. And I was like, <laughs> and, and so I remember I remember telling Chase, I said, oh, feed up super kick. <laughs> so, <laughs> people ask me, they're like, well, why don't you do a super kick as a finisher? Number one, because that's the only move I can really do when I'm drunk. Number two, because <laughs> – I need to go home real quick. I say, oh, feet up, eat super kick. That's all I got to do. I don't have to worry about trying to go into some big spot or whatever. And I remember getting to the back and he said, look, he said, he said if you're going to make it far in this business, you need to learn that time is money and you need to stay exactly on your time. I was like, yes, sir. Man. Um, one one kind of question, and this is an interesting one that I've kind of, we've asked several people that have wrestled in this. Do you love or hate the six-sided ring? Uh, I hated it. God almighty, I hate it, man. That thing was like falling on a concrete floor, man. That was like the ropes were, you know, shorter, so they were, you know, more tight, and that is you couldn't really get spring off of. And, you know, I don't go to the top rope that much, but, man, like even like going up to the top rope was hard to stand on because the corners were, weren't 90 degrees. You know, they were out further, and, man, it was just – it was rough. And then the, just, and then the turn pad, if you go back and you look at the turnbuckles, man, they were like two feet wide. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it was just unreal, but man, like it hurts so bad. But the other good thing is, is like you had a lot more options of stuff that you can do in the ring as well. So, I mean, it had its plus and negatives, but the ne- big negative was it was stiff as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, and, it might've, it might've been Josh Matthews. Actually. I can't remember. We, we've talked to several people that are, or have been involved with impact, but one, one person was like, Maybe it was Jeff Jarrett. Maybe when you talked to Jeff Jarrett, I don't remember. Anyways, but one of them was like, they they were looking at plans and they were looking at the four sided ring. Then they look at the six and they're like, we're going with the six because I can put that on a toy shelf. Right. And so and it just kind of popped hard. more. Because, I mean, as a kid, I mean, if I seen that, I'd be like, oh, that's really cool, man. Look oh. at that rest. You know, I, right. I'd, I'd never, I mean, short of like UFC stuff, I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. You know, I was like, what is and going I think- on with this? And I think I remember seeing like the six sided ring. Maybe they got it from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, Triple A. Yep. Yeah, because I remember watching some matches of that, and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then, like you said, you know, it looks kind of stiff. And uh, a very interesting thing is, I pulled up Twitter real quick that uh, today, and this might be a bad thing for you, but today your uh, friend defeated you in a Texas death match and one of the most memorable bloody brawls in Impact history back in two thousand seven. It was, uh, and that that match was actually, uh, it wasn't was it? yeah Mother's Day. It was I remember it was right after Mother's Day or something like that because I remember my mom. That was only the pay per view that she watched in a long time. I was like, oh, maybe you shouldn't order this. <laughs> you and Chris going at it, and I remember that match. And then going back and watching, and I was like, holy crap! Like this, this well, was an amazing a, match. What a lot of people don't uh, realize or. Uh, understand about that match is there's the, the one part where he spears me off the ring and I go through the table. Uh, I actually hit the back of my head on the concrete floor. Oof. And when I, when I come up, you'll see just a puddle of blood and this blood pouring out of the back of my head. So I had to get some, I had to get two staples put in the back of my head. Uh, and 
and I was like knocked out. Like I, like I, when I was coming up, like I had no clue where I was at. And I remember Rudy going, Hey man, like they want to know if you're okay because they're going to stop it. And I was like, I was like, wait, where are we? <laughs> I was like, I was, it took me uh, literally a, a second to figure out like what was going on. And I told Rudy, I said, no, 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 just give me, just give me a little time. I said, it's, it's okay. Okay. And uh, he gave the signal that I was okay. And I, I, re- I remember, and I told him, I said, go ask Chris what I got to do next. And then hopefully it'll kick in or whatever. And and then I just remember Chris is saying, duck, super kick. I was like, all right, I got it. I'm back on track. Let's go. <laughs> but if you go back and watch it, man, I was like, I hit the back of my head. And like, when I come up, man, this is, I mean, it's huge pile of blood. Well, I pulled up a calendar from May of 2007 and, and the 13th was on Mother's Day that Sunday. So if y'all taped it that day, you actually taped it on Mother's Day. So Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember it being on Mother's Day or right around there. My mom watching. I was like, oh. Yeah, that probably wasn't the best Mother's Day gift. No, it wasn't. And then you know, even the match that me and Bobby had uh, at uh, Bound for Glory in Arizona. Like my brother, my brother was there and he was sitting in the front row. Uh, second row, and uh, and my mom was watching that pay per view as well, and like you know, I was pouring blood too. <laughs> and my mom, and you can look and you see my brother like on the pay per view on his phone, and it was my mom saying, "Hey, is he okay?" And my brother's like, "I don't know. I'm sitting in the crowd." <laughs> like he walked out, so I guess he's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, un, un, well, kind of related to what we were talking about a while ago, but if you have Amazon prime, um, they uploaded a bunch of uh, CWA stuff from the eighties. And I found an episode from around 86 and uh, Jeff Jarrett is on the episode, but he's refereeing. And if I didn't know that's who it was in the description, I would not, he was like 17. He weighed a hundred pounds. He had a, the feathered hair going on. And um, when they Lance store or Lance Russell was like uh, Jeffrey Jarrett, and I was like, what? And I looked and like, you can tell his face, but nothing else looks, you know, not the long blonde hair. And he, he hadn't hit the weights yet. So if you get some time, go down that rabbit hole. They put a lot of stuff up on that. So, no, I definitely will. Yeah, that'd be cool. so kind of moving along with your impact career, um, we're going to talk about it. You obviously were uh, the TNA world heavyweight champion. Um, when did you find out you were going to get the top belt? And what just, I mean, if you can explain it, I mean, what was that experience like? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I remember I, I didn't really find out till later in the day, you know, it wasn't like, it was more like when the show started, <laughs> you know, they finally came to, to me and, and told me or whatever. So, uh, and I, and I just remember like wanting to have like this classic match with Kurt and, and everything, but, uh, but he was hurt. He had like a, a partially torn, like hamstring. And, uh, bandage on his stuff and he said look he said he said we can go out there he goes i'll try to give it my best he said we can try to go 10 15 minutes he goes but he goes let me tell you he goes it's gonna mean a lot more if you just beat me really quick and i was like he's like and his his exact words were as soon as the bell start i'll beat the shit out of you then you kick me <laughs> that's what he said <laughs> I was like, okay. And man, like you can ask anybody who's been hit by Kurt, like God Amati. I tell him, I'm like, please hit me with your real punch because your fake punches are killing me. Like, <laughs> like he would just club you in the top of the head. You're like, what did I do wrong? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, th- you think he's like ribbing you in the ring and you're like, no, just. <laughs> and, uh, and so like, I remember, 
No, I remember kicking him, and man, like that three count. I just remember that crowd just freaking erupting, and, and and as loud as it was in there, I could still hear Kurt Perfect. He goes, he goes, congratulations, Cowboy, because you really earned this. And I said, appreciate it, man. So, so is 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 Kurt really as good in the ring as as his reputation leads everyone to believe? No, no, no. <laughs> he's, he's better. Man. I mean, like people don't understand. Like this guy, is, he he's a freaking animal and uh like i i love him to death he he was always really cool with me he like if when we always worked each other he would actually let me put the matches together and stuff oh, you know? wow. he would just throw stuff in here and there you know it's it was really cool and uh and i, I don't know it's, it's just a lot of fun working him because i mean you get in there with kurt you better be ready to go and step your game up because you know he, he's gonna bring it no matter what yeah right we we talked to Crimson well several times obviously, but he uh, he said that's his hands down his favorite match he's ever had, and he didn't. It took him a half a second. We're like, oh, so if you had to pick, what was your favorite match? Kurt Angle, just instantly, and you know a lot of people have that uh, response like Kurt Angle's one of the top five, or that's one of the best matches I've ever had, and you know so you always kind of wonder you know like about his his actual in ring stuff and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like I said. You, you you just knew he's another one of those guys. Like you know, when you got done working Kurt, like you know, you you've been in a match. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, <clears throat> we all got ex- super excited uh, when when you showed up at WWE at NXT, and we we're like, okay, beer money's coming back. We're getting it. You know, this kind of stuff. And then you know, some things happened behind the scenes. Can you walk us? kind of through like how that opportunity came to be about being an NXT and kind of why it ended so quickly. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I was sitting at home and NXT was actually in, in Nashville and I was going to go up there and just see, just hang out with a couple of friends. Uh, so I get up there and, uh, you know, I get a text from road dog and he's like, Hey man, he goes, uh, he goes, what do you think about coming down to Florida and working one of the NXT shows? I was like, Sure. And, uh, oh, he said, he said, what do you think about coming down and, and talking, uh, you know, about maybe working for us? I was like, yes, you're really cool. And then uh, uh, I remember A-Train pulled me to the side because he was the agent on those. And he said, uh, he showed me an email from Hunter. He's like, tell Storm to bring his gear, you know, because we, we might have him work or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. And so I go down and, I, you know, I talk to him and stuff. And then I had the match. And, uh, you know, afterwards, it's like, you know, we'll be in touch. And, and then uh, it was two or three weeks later, you know, they, they called me up and said that they wanted to sign me and, and stuff like that. And, you know, they gave me a different, another date to come down and finalize everything up and talk to them. And so, uh, so after all that, I went down and, you know, I did, uh, did the match with uh, Adam Rose and stuff and I got to the back and I, I actually sat down and I talked to uh, Hunter and, uh, and I was just like, Hey man, you know, I appreciate, you know, everything. And, uh, he was telling me like they're going to start running like almost a hundred shows for NXT like that next year or whatever, you know? So, the, so I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, you know, I don't mind being on the road. I love being on the road. And, uh, <clears throat> but, and I, and I told him, I said, but you know, like right now, like timing, just, it, it wasn't right because my wife wanted to have another kid. And it was one of the things where I had to be home a little more uh, because she had to do the shots and stuff. Uh, so I just right. wasn't able to, you know, sign them. And he, and I told him, I said, look, I said, you know, TNA is offering me this or whatever. And, and he, he straight up told me, he goes, look, he goes, that's a, 
He goes, you can't pass it up. He goes, I, he goes, that's a guaranteed contract plus the situation that you're in with your, uh, with your family. He goes, you know, if it wasn't for that, he goes, I could probably, you know, give you more and stuff. He goes, but you know, he goes, I understand how family is. Said, yeah, man. I said, you know, wrestling's going to leave one day, but my family's always going to be there for me. And, uh, and he told me, he said, Hey, he said, well, he said, uh, he said, he said, take that uh, TNA deal. He said, and then when it's over with, he said, give me a call and if we're able to work something out. Well, that's cool that it wasn't yeah. like backstage wasn't, drama or you didn't burn a bridge or anything. Yeah, so many people were like, oh, he left because of all this money. Like, no, I didn't either. Like, I, I don't, it didn't bother me none because it's one of those things. Like, I, I would get in and I would prove my worth, number one. Number two, it was all about my family. You know, and mm-hmm. if, if I would have that deal, I probably wouldn't have had my three-year-old son that I have now. So. Right. Well, we, the, I think what really got everyone excited is I guess I, I can't remember if you were actually at an impact show or if you had already done an indie show, but you were like, I think I may join my, my buddy Bobby and Bob and everyone was like, what? And we all marked we out. We didn't even know that, you, that was a possibility. As, you know, as soon as you heard, sorry about your damn luck, like on NXT, like I flipped out and I was like, holy shit. Like, is this, is this really happening? Or are they just going to throw out some random, you know, like they try to do with diesel and razor Ramon when Nash and hall left. Right. Yeah. So it was cool that it would it had happened, but obviously, you know, you've kind of moved on. So, you know, it is what it is. Speaking of that, we'll kind of we'll get into, you know, arguably our our favorite wrestling show right now, NWA, NWA Power, Superpower. Uh, it seems like and now Carney Land that's coming Carney out. Carney Land. Week. There's a girl's power coming out. I'm like, I can't keep up with all these powers. Like it's yeah, like a <laughs> it's like a superhero. Like what powers do we have? But um, so just generally, wh- what has it been like to see you know the NWA? I, I don't know if this is a real word. I say reascend, reascended. I don't know if that's reclimb the mountain. Whatever. I think you get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> what was it like to see that? You know, see, be a part of that to kind of climb back up the mountain and get back to where, where it used to be. You know, I, I think it's, I, you know, I think it's really cool. And not just because of there, just because of, I know how much work, you know, Nick and uh, Dave Lagana and Billy have put into it, you know, uh, because I was one of the, the, the first guys that they spoke to, uh, you know, when they had talked about doing all this stuff and, uh, and, you know, they asked me if I would be on board, you know, once they kind of get stuff going, I'm like, yeah, man, like I'd love to help because, and I, I said, it's really cool because it kind of takes me back because, like I said, I was supposed to have started with USWA that was doing a studio show down in Memphis. Yep, Channel 5. Yeah, now NWA is going to be doing a studio show. So it's kind of came full circle. So now I finally get to do my studio show that mm-hmm. I want to do. And it's got to be a good schedule for you having a family because you guys tape in advance. So you go, what what do you do? Go to Atlanta for five days and then you're off for two or three months. I mean, like it's, it's not, it's not, you know, 300 dates a year or anything like that. Well, the funny thing is, it's like, I want to be on the road to get away. From right. <laughs> right. You get that. Hopefully that will happen soon. Once all this yeah, coronavirus stuff is done. <laughs> But I mean, once you start traveling at 19 or 20, it's kind of hard to turn that itch off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, no, it's just one of the things. It's like I said, you know, at the time I couldn't do it just because, you know, my wife and, and the kid situation and all that. But now, like I have my, my my life like situated, I have everything perfect. Like I don't mind, you know, traveling. And that's why, like, even when I'm not doing NWA shows, like I'm I'm booked like every weekend doing independent shows like all over the world mm-hmm. because I just love still wrestling while I can you know, I know one day it's going to end, but like I'm, I can still go and I still help a lot of guys like learn how to wrestle 
on TV in front of a camera. You know, you get you get so many guys like on independent shows that you know that want to work with me because I'll tell them like, look, like you can go out here and do all these flips. I want to teach you like how to wrestle like for a TV show. You mm-hmm. know, like you, I was like, we go out there like you have to pretend like something is the hard camera, and something the corners are different other cameras. Like you. You know, so you got to learn to work the cameras, not just the audience, which, you know, with NWA, it's really cool because like and I tell people like you have to go and experience that show NWA power because, man, that audience is like nothing. You know, I, we had so many people we had, you know, over a thousand eleven hundred people at Universal Studio. But man, like th- th- this crowd at NWA just kind of blows them away now, man, because mm-hmm. They're there to have a good time, you know, and they're, they're not really just park people coming in and try to get out of the heat, you know, because they think we're the teacup ride or something, you know. Right. And so it's so it's really cool to have wrestling fans at the show and just super loud, and it's and it just carries over into the ring, and the guys are just having so much fun doing it. Yeah, well, and it's been inter- it's been awesome to see because you know with with us being from the south you know, for me, it was the NWA slash WCW. Like that was, you know, I, I did watch WWF slash WWE obviously, but I mean, like I was a WCW guy, like that was, that was it. And so I remember those studio shows, you know, I remember, you know, WCW Saturday night. I remember the Saturday morning stuff. I remember the NWA show that was technically called world championship wrestling. Like I, you know, so once that launched, I was like, holy crap. I'm back at 10 years old and you know, this is incredible, but um, you know, I think NWA has been doing a really good job of, you know, they are utilizing some of the talents from other places, you know, impact and WWE and blah, blah, blah. But you know, they are putting that spotlight on some of the younger guys too. You know, Uh, I mean, Ricky Starks is one of my favorite guys right now. He's incredible. He actually was rest. He wrestled uh, with Crimson down here in um, uh, Clarksville not too long ago. And um, you know, um, I'm a, uh, Ziggy Dice. I think he's going to be a very interesting kind of a heel guy, you know. So I'm, they're they're kind of putting that emphasis. It's a good balance of the the veterans, but then they're they they are kind of pushing some of those younger guys. So I got to tell you a funny story. Uh, we were down there last uh, last taping in January, and there was some big protest that was going on for. Oh, I remember this the war or something. And like, I think NWA posted something on the social media where Ziggy Dice was out there messing with him. Cause like, like I was coming back, I had to go back to the hotel. And when I was walking back, they were just blocking the road. So I just like, I just puffed up my chest. I'm like, yo, you better get out of my way quick. Like, <laughs> like, you, you people don't even know how to spell war. You know, if you look at these people, like you're sitting here protesting something that you know nothing about, you know, and and so like and then all of a sudden all these and they were so loud you can kind of hear them in the studio. So Ziggy's like, "Hell, I'm just gonna go out there and act like I'm doing, you know, I'm, it's a protest for me losing against against." <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so he goes out there and he has this other guy like film him. He's he just starts start, uh, talking to these protesters. He's like, he goes, "Yeah, we're protesting against Ricky Starks winning." Blah blah blah. That's right. And the guy's like, "What in the world is this guy doing?" Like. I have no clue who Ricky starts, you know, like this, like these protesters and he's, and, and they started chanting something. So he starts chanting with them, whatever. It's like, yeah, down with Ricky starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It, it was so much fun. And it's like I said, that's, it's so much fun to have a locker room like that when guys are just, because it makes everything so much easier and so much more fun. You know, when you have 
a place that you want to go work. You know, like I said, there was there was times, you know, at TNA, you know, I leave my house like, all right, going to Florida, you know, down to Orlando, Universal Studios. But then I get there like, oh God, you know, I'm here, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and it had nothing to do with the guys. Like it just started draining on everyone, you know, like toward the end because it was one of those things again. Like they were do these filmings and they would do like three a day. And so like the people who had to do the morning taping, we'd get there and there would be like 30 people in the crowd. We're like, what, what is, what is like we were, we were doing Corona tapings before Corona came along. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then we were just like, man, and it would just, it just, wear, just wear on guys, especially if you, if you were there all day for all three shows. Yeah. Man. So not too long ago, we did have uh, Billy on the show. We kind of got to talk to him about, you know, NWA and doing the pop-up show and some other stuff. What was, I guess the biggest difference working with Billy and impact and working with him now in NWA. I think, I think with, uh, I think impact, uh, cause we didn't really get along too well at impact. Hmm. And, and I, I mean, it wasn't like a hatred or anything like that. I think it was just, you know, I think he had his way and I had mine or whatever, but it was just, but I didn't know. It was one of those things. Like I didn't even know who the boss was. You know, I didn't know if, if he was supposed to be the boss or if, Ron and Don Harris and that group was the boss or if Dixie was the boss or, you know, I didn't, right. I had no clue. Like he had all these people were like telling me what to do. I'm like, well, who do I listen to? Right. You know? And, and, it, but it's one of those things where I think it's also Billy was this stressed, you know, it was, it was a stressful time during, during that. And I think now like, you know, he's back there and you can see him, he's more relaxed and he's just having fun. You know, and, and he's joking with the boys and stuff like that. Like, I think when he was at TNA, it was a, l- a lot of just business Billy, you know. And, and even though it's business Billy at NWA, it's still, you know, he's joking around because he knows that, you know, when guys are relaxed and have fun, they'll do anything for you. You know, right. they'll bust for you. And I think my granny would have said, uh, your boss is who signs your checks. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. We're going to move into something a little controversial. Um, we're, we're, you know, not trying to start any viral buzz or anything. We're just trying to get your, your opinion on this. Um, a, uh, what should we call him? Personality, maybe? Um, oh, whatever. A, a personality <laughs> known in the wrestling world named uh, Eric Bischoff uh, recently did an interview and had some interesting things to say about one James storm. Um, first part of the question is what was your working relationship with him? Like, um, you know, did you guys get along and impact all that? And, um, if you have heard his comments from his interview, do you have anything to reply to that? You know, I really didn't talk to Eric that much, you know, at impact, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was just, always running running around or he would just stay in like uh, I guess I don't want to say his little group but he would you know hang out with Hulk he had his people you know and, and that's that's fine like all wrestlers do that you know they have their little clique they always hang out with you know but as, but as far as like the comments that you know because people were like oh what'd you do to piss Eric Bischoff off I was like well I don't think I really did anything I was like because he said he was a fan of my work and stuff but he was trying to say that I'd get mad if I had to lose or whatever. And I was like, well, I must have been pissed off a lot because I lost way more than I won. Right. Like, I, have, I have no clue. And I, you know, and, and, and then he said that it was like a running joke with creative. I went, I said, well, that's, that's, 
it kind of looks bad on creative then because it's one of those things that we go back to Jeff Jarrett where if he saw something wrong, like he would go and say, hey, you need to stop doing this, you know, because it's noticeable on the show. That's that's how I kind of look at that. Like, why didn't someone, if it was supposed to be this running joke, why didn't someone come and fill me in on it? You know, right. be like, you know, you're doing this and this or whatever. And as far as like, I, I think he said something about you can go and watch the Impact app. I was like, okay, yeah, go watch the Impact app and tell me when I come out if if I'm going to win or lose <laughs> because I come out the same exact way every time. Right. Well, it was, it was interesting because like, you know, we went back and, you know, just looked online and stuff and, and it just like, we had never really heard any, anything, you know, no one else really were saying those things. So we're like, well, this is kind of out of left field, you know, like out of all the people he could have talked about during his impact that, you know what I mean? Like I was like, and, and James was there like almost 15 years. So obviously he, he played ball. Right. Um, so, I mean, and, and that's why I'd like, I take it with a grain of salt, you know, People have their opinions about everybody. You know, I have my opinion about Santa Claus. Like, I really don't like his little fat ass climbing down my chimney without, you know, being invited. Right. But, it is, you know, it is what it is. Like, and, and I say, like, go watch it. Like, the proof's in the pudding. Like, you can't tell, you know, which match I'm going to win or lose. Like I said, you know, when I when I lost to Chris Harris, did, did I look like booby face? No. I came out there and I was a heel and I did my work. Right. Well, and it, it, it's like, you know, even if, 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 if what he was saying was true, you know, like if, if you know, when we were talking about you, you won the world title. I mean, you had the world title for like what, a week or two weeks yeah. or something. Well, and see, that was one of the things like Hulk wanted to put the title on me. And the funny thing is, is like, that was the highest rated impact in the history. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But it was one of the things it's like, I, I don't really, you, you know, I, I like I said, I guess during that time, like creative didn't like me. Like I, you know, it is what it is. Like I, but I always say, like if you have a problem with someone during that time, go say something to that person. Right. Know? I mean, how are they going to know there's a problem if you don't say something? Right. Especially if you're supposed to be running the company. Right. Well, I I know I realize this is like a different situation, but um, we uh, I was at the NWA pop up show um, in Clarksville, so I, and I I got to meet you and Nick, and you know we talked for a couple minutes. I was at the uh, the uh, dojo pro thing that you did here in Nashville. And I watched you do the job to Joey Janela. Yeah. So I, I don't know a lot of veterans that are, this was before anybody really who knew who he was. You know, right. he, was, this, he, he was, he would, that, that was like the year he broke out. And that definitely was one of those events that put him on the map, you know, wrestling somebody of your caliber. So, but you know, there's not, I mean, you know, could you imagine, Hulk putting someone over half his age, you know, I, I, it just, I don't know it, it for us. I mean, you know, obviously being WCW guys, we have respect for Bischoff, but yeah. you no, know, I mean, I, when he made I, those comments, we're like, God, that's just like picking on. Like, a, where did this come from? Yeah, and I mean, all like, of a sudden now heard these stories about all these, like, you know, mad men at, at, at impact that were running things into the ground. And it's like, you never hear this stuff about, you know, the cowboy. And it's like, that just, it seemed like a weird target to pick, you know? Yeah, like I said, I just it, it don't really bother me because I know what I did. You know, I to me, I just go out there and do what needs to be done. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it was an interesting thing. You know, we were like, I don't know, should we talk about it? And I said, I think we should talk about it just because it's so random. Like it's just so weird that he. You it know? is. Like, yeah, because I was drinking beer with him probably about I don't know six months ago. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, we're sitting at the bar, say something. You know, like yeah. Jesus, hey man, you know, back in TNA days you were a real dick you know like yeah. 
Uh, I would have been like, shit, I'm sorry. Fuck, I didn't know it. (laughs) Yeah. That's good to know now that we're not both not in it anymore, I guess. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So this is kind of a a fun question that we'd like to ask every wrestler when they come on. Who is your dream match? And who is a current talent you wish you can get in the ring with? Uh, And for the dream match, it can be unrealistic. So if it was somebody like whatever you know somebody that passed away and there was never you and bruno san martino right just like who is somebody you wish you could have fought all you know everything there's uh, there's two guys i really wish that i i I could have wrestled and that is uh bret hart and uh mr perfect i get get to hang out with mr perfect a lot when he was at tna uh so i mean it was i was just like man like i really wish and and he he taught me so much like he'd pull me to the side after matches and just tell me what I was doing wrong and stuff like that, man. I was like, man, like I wish I can just get in there and just work with him. You know, it was, and it was just, I don't know. Did you, he, sorry to interrupt. Did you have any interactions with them in WCW or had they already? Well, because we kind of just had to stick to ourselves, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. We, we weren't supposed to talk to those, you know, those guys. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Those two are just, oh, golly, they were so good. Just technically sound and, Everybody looked like a million bucks when they they fought those guys. Yeah, like Mr. Perfect man was like going back and watching. He's like way before his time. Like you know, he was just. I mean, even his AWA stuff. Like when he got the world title and he had that. I think it was the match he won the title, and he's he's all bloodied and just. Yeah, man, he was, and I I never understood why he got to the second place. You know, he was the IC champ. He was the. U.S. champ and WCW, they never he never got up to that next level for some reason. That was actually like I really didn't care about the world title during that time. Like I was, I was that freaking you know the IC champion guy. Like I like liked that division. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you had Bret Hart, and you had Owen, and you had uh, you know Sean was in there for a little bit, and then and uh, you know Mr. Perfect. You had all these guys. You know, it's just like, Rick man. Rude. Yeah. yeah, like it was just unreal. You know. It did for a while seem like the IC belt was kind of the um, the fighter's belt, you know? And, I mean, even going back to Steamboat, Macho Man, and then, like, Rick Rude, Warrior, Bret Hart. I mean, like, the like the kind of the meat of the company. Th- those were the guys that had those, those belts, you know? Um, so, anyways, okay, so those were your two dreams. Like, who, who would be a current talent you wish you could get in the ring with? Uh, I mean... If there was somebody that I would like to get in the ring with and work, it'd be uh, probably Randy Orton. Mm. Just because, just because he's a he's a storyteller as well, and mm-hmm. I, I look at myself as a storyteller. And I just think, man, like the matches that him and I could have would be like really, or you know, also like Bray Wyatt as well. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just one of those things. It's like because I, I I do matches that are storytelling. Yeah, I can go out here and I can do matches where the guys are flipping and flopping and catch them and, you know, all this stuff. But man, like to get in there and just tell a story, like, you know, like I said, like Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect and those guys used to, man, like it's a lost art these days. Right. Yeah. I thought I you were going to say Eric Bischoff and I was going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> has, has Eric ever worked a match? Didn't um, he do a couple of things in like WCW yeah, where he did like the karate? He, he was wearing the, the, the red maybe WWE kick pads and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Um, I mean, David Arquette was a champion, so I mean, there's a step up of Eric Bischoff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also Eric for charity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
but but no, like I said, like you know, I have nothing against Eric. I love Eric. Like I said, we were drinking not too long ago, so you know, it is what it is. You know, people people change with how I look at it. So right, yeah. Um, I got one little bonus question, and then we'll get the the last one. The last one involves your merch and Patreon page and all that. Um, why do you think the Super Kits has become so popular in the last I don't know ten years? Um, because before, to my knowledge, I, it was Heartbreak Kid. Like that was it. And then, you know, I, I, you know, started seeing guys like you doing it and it wasn't like widespread, but now it's almost like a, a clothesline. Like people, like everyone's doing it now. Yeah. It's just, oh man, it's just, to me, it's just, you know, a little overdone. It's, I mean, but it is, like I said, it's part of that wrestling that you can't really change. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's, it fits some people, you know, like, and I understand like with the young bucks, because that's part of their gimmick when they do super, you know, super kick party. Mm-hmm. But, but then you see a lot of the other people on the, on their show as well, just keep throwing super cases like, ah, to me, it kind of kills the super kick party, you know, yeah. something like that. You know, it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, I look at it. I was, you know, I had a talk with someone, at the NWA uh, show not too long ago, you know, I was just like, oh, well, I'm thinking about changing my finisher because everybody does a super kick. Right. And the guy goes, he goes, no, like you should keep doing the super kick. He goes, because you're 240 pounds and could knock somebody out with super kick. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. said, I actually have. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be Eric Bischoff. No, we're just now cracking jokes now. So it's, 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 no, it's all good. Uh, but, but tra- story was, uh, I was in Germany and Vince Russo, I had to do something with Vince Russo in the ring. And I was sitting there going, ah, should I kick him for all those times? <laughs> I was like, nah, better not. <laughs> so who was, who was the person you knocked out then? Uh, I, I can't really say. Okay. <laughs> Maybe maybe when we stop recording, you'll. Yeah. This 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 will be for a this will be on uh, James's Patreon. You have to pay into that so you can figure out who James knocked out. Yeah, there you go. No, no, it's actually it's. It, I mean, you guys wouldn't even know. It's just uh, uh, indie kid, and it was probably you know twelve years ago. So. Uh, yeah, probably not. I do know that uh, there is one dream match that I would love to see, and I've actually kind of talked about this on Twitter with uh, a guy by the name of Adam Rotella who runs uh, the 10 Pounds of Podcast. We want to see Eli Drake and James Storm versus The Revival. You know, a lot of people have been saying that now that, you know, they're quote-unquote free agents or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, I'm friends with those guys. Man, it was – I mean, to me, those are guys who are storytellers as well, you Mm -hmm. know said you know the what they say no flips just fist or whatever yeah and 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 that's how they are you know and i think we could tell definitely a really good story with those guys yeah yeah my all-time favorites probably sting being the wcw guy uh number two is probably arn anderson i lost the sting this is this is a true thing i lost the sting 11 weeks in a row <laughs> jeez <laughs> Like I think that might have been punishment for something. I don't know because I remember Sting going and saying, "Maybe we should put Storm over in this one." Like, oh no, no, no! <laughs> it's like, dang, eleven weeks. Was that like Crow Sting or was that Joker Sting? No, that was that was yeah, that's Crow Sting. Crow Sting. Dang, that would be funny if we found out that came from like Bischoff or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're joking about it, and he's like Sting. Beat him 11 his, weeks in a row. His mood when he comes out, when he loses on the eighth time. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, let's incredible. let's kind of talk about this. Uh, you, you've got some new merch. Um, you've got a Patreon page. So let's talk about the new merch and let's talk about Patreon because that kind of seems like a lot of a lot of people are doing Patreon. And when I first heard about Patreon, I was scrolling through and I was like, like, is this like an OnlyFans page that I'm about to like subscribe to somebody and get something really nasty from or yeah no with uh with with mine it's really cool like you know i, I do that character to django to django who, who's you know he's kind of out there wrestling fan but uh I, I learned how to do green screen stuff now at my house so i've been setting up a lot of doing like a lot of green screen like it's called uh, the the fake news network or whatever mm-hmm. and, and so and so the, the latest one i did with is with uh the django to django being interviewed in a trailer park and the aliens came and stole his family, so now he has to go find the aliens. So I, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle now of filming me going out in the woods and hunting down this alien and stuff. But the problem is, is I'm gonna wind up sitting down and getting drunk with the alien. <laughs> so, nice. So I, I think I ruined the storyline, but it's it, yeah, it's, it's kind of on that. And then also like on my Patreon with the members who are you know play PS4 and Xbox or whatever. Like we we started doing Madden tournaments. Uh, oh, and, nice. Yeah, and so like uh, we we do a bracket and we put everybody in the bracket and the winner, you know, gets money and you know and, and so it's it's really cool. We're about to do like a like a short uh, season uh, like on Madden or whatever where you can play like eight games or something and then it goes playoffs and Super Bowl where the winner can win five hundred bucks. So nice, Man. yeah. So it's it's really cool and like I said, there's a lot of other stuff and you know when I'm on the road when I was on the road like I'd film you know stuff being on the road and then. Uh, with a certain tier on the Patreon, I would stream my live independent matches on a, uh, a personal Instagram page so they can they can watch it as it happened. Wow, that's really awesome. What's the uh, what's the address? Or can we just go to, is it patreon.com and then just search for James Storm or do you have an actual link? Yeah, patreon.com forward slash James Storm. Cool. And uh, uh, dig into your the new merch for a little bit. Yeah, because I, I watched the video of you showing off your new merch, and let me just say, you uh, wearing the women's tee—that's that's great <laughs> stuff. Makes my, makes my chest look big. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, it, it's really cool. It's it's something that uh, you know it's kind of been wanting to start for a while. It's called uh, Last Call Outlaw Wear, and uh, you can go to lastcalloutlaw.com to get it. Uh, and like I said, it's 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 everything. I have women's tank top, women's shirts, men's shirts. You know, workout hoodies, hats, beanies. Uh, you can even get an autographed beer bottle uh, on nice. there as well. So it's a, it's a lot of stuff on there. Very cool. And, and then where can they uh, get that at? Uh, just go to lastcalloutlaw.com. And then what are your uh, what are your social links? Like, what are the, where are you most active on social media for people uh, to follow you? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Both of them are James Storm Brand. James Storm Brand. Yeah. Easy Very to know. I don't have a Facebook page. I've had so many people like, uh, I went to a show one time and this girl goes, Hey, I've been talking to you on Facebook. I was like, mm, no, no, you haven't <laughs> looked at me and goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't have a Facebook page. Like you're actually talking to me live in person right now. And I'm telling you, you're not talking to me. Yeah. That's, well, that's the crazy thing is once you become the the famous person is you've got to deal with all those fake accounts and it's like having to say somebody hey if it doesn't have a blue check mark it's not me yeah like i don't i don't understand that like so many people uh, there's a lot of fakes on instagram now and people are like messages like hey did 
did you start a new Instagram? Because uh, I just got a message from this. I'm like, no, that's not me. <laughs> uh, well, we don't know, you know, how, how much pull you have with, with Billy um, or Dave, but um, if you could send a request to them, we want an NWA show in Nashville. Um, we kept our fingers crossed and our toes crossed. We're like, dude, the Crockett cup's coming to Nashville. We, we have a feeling, you know, last year was the warm up. Nashville, we're going to burn it down, and then that didn't happen. So a little bummed, but plant those seeds, man. We need to we need to get the NWA here in, <laughs> yeah, in Nashville. It would, been, it would have been a good place to have it because I mean mm. it's not too far from Atlanta either. So you know they could have done the Crockett Cup and then took everything down to Atlanta. So. Right. Well, especially with the history the NWA has in Nashville, but I think um, I think were you not to call you out, but were you at the Ring of Honor pay per view um, last summer? Yeah. We thought we, we we thought we saw you in the crowd. Yeah, that venue is awesome. Like we think that would be yeah. a cool, you it's know. Really cool. Yeah. yeah, I went to see uh, I went to see Austin Gunn perform. Oh so yeah, I went, I went up there and just kind of watch him, and you know, like I said, just say hi to the guys. I was actually on my way to Kentucky to do a indie show like the next night, so I just figured I'd stop in. Yeah. So, yeah, I was. I will- uh, hopefully, this stupid Corona stuff will hurry up and go away because I was actually supposed to be filming like a really good movie, like a big time movie. Uh, oh man. That was going to have some A-list people in it. And, that's just, and I was going to play like the main bad guy. So I'm just Dang. like, I'm so bummed on that. So, so, so we need coronavirus to go away so we can have wrestling back and James Storm can be in this movie. I, I don't I, like to me, like I don't, I don't get the whole Corona deal, but that's a whole nother show another day. But you know, it's, if it don't affect you know, the young and healthy, let them go out and do whatever. Like, you just talk. Right. At the older people, if it affects them, they don't have to go out, you know. And I'm sure that if you've been in the stadium in and watched a wrestling match, you're probably immune to the coronavirus. Yeah, so I'm not going in that system. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're immune to anything if you've been in a bathroom in the stadium in at, oh, at a wrestling match. I remember we had to get dressed in, like, one of the rooms. And, man, it was, oh, it was so bad. So it's, bad. it's weird to drive by it now because they're tearing it down, but it's just so weird oh. to see like no windows, no nothing. Uh, uh, it was just, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fun time. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, we, we do appreciate you taking the time out and talking with us. Uh, and thank you so much. And we can't wait to get back to live wrestling. And we know that uh, those NWA tag team titles are going to stay around yours and Eli's waist for a very long time. That's it, man. I really appreciate you guys, man. Y'all have a good one. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Battleground Podcast. Make sure you give it five stars and a nice review. To stay up to date with the show, follow them at Battleground Podcast on Instagram.